0: God with us. Isn't that a peaceful kind of feeling this morning to your soul, to your heart, that God is with you? Amen? No matter what is going on in your life, that God is is with you we have been waiting for the coming of jesus we have been waiting for christmas that's what the advent is all about we have made our orders for the things that we need right christmas time is here jesus is on his way and finally it's next week and i know some of you are panicking because christmas is here it's this week have you finished all of your shopping Have you gotten all the packages in? Some of you are on your phones right now on Amazon and you're putting things in your cart. The only rule there is you can do it if you're getting me and Pastor Jonathan gifts as well. Go ahead and shop a little bit. You've been getting gifts in and you've got packages coming in and it's crazy out on Ward's Road or whatever the road is around your area. We've been waiting. We've been waiting in the hustle and the bustle for who? For Jesus to come. And we've had a lot of great packages delivered. Christmas is coming. Those of you who are our Jewish friends, Hanukkah's here today, so so you're good. But we still got Christmas coming. What have you been ordering and what have we been looking forward to? Well, we've looked forward to hope. Man, we need hope in this world. And we've needed love. And God's delivered a package of love and of hope for us and joy. And finally, after all of that craziness and after all of this week and after all the events and the parties and everything, Boy, next week, Sunday night or about Monday, you're just going to go, whew, you're going to crash next to the fireplace or the little electric heater, and you're going to say, what? Man, I just need some peace. (laughs) Especially the mamas in here, right? I just need some peace and quiet. Well, as part of the Advent, as as part of Jesus coming to this earth, God was sending hope, and he was sending love, and he was sending joy, but yes, he was also sending peace. And peace is one of the best things because it comes when all, everything else is kind of flown apart. And if you're feeling a little unraveled today, the busyness of this week and this season, it's okay because that's what the first Christmas season was like as well. There was the peace of Rome when Jesus came. We know that. Historians tell us that there was Pax Romana, they call it, the peace of Rome. And so there was Pax Romana but there was not Pax Cordis. There was not the peace of heart. There was spiritual unrest the same then as there is today but God was sending his peace. Matter of fact, you know how the story goes. You're gonna be hearing it more and you'll hear it at Christmas Eve services but Jesus was coming and God had announced his coming uh, to the woman who would actually bear, uh, bear this baby who would be his mother. And in Luke chapter one, we know that an angel shows up to a young teenage girl who's engaged, she's not married yet, and an angel shows up with a a mind exploding uh, word. He says that you will bear the Messiah. You're going to have a baby even though you have never uh, been married or been with a man. And this is what it says in Luke chapter one. It says, but she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this would be. She, was, she had turmoil about even this good news. And that was the reaction all through the story. Earlier in the chapter, Zechariah in Luke chapter one, you know that, that he had heard an angel give him Uh, some information about a baby that he and his wife Elizabeth would have. And the Bible said that he was really frustrated and he was concerned and he didn't know what it was all about. Joseph, the young man who was engaged to Mary, when he found out that she was married in Matthew chapter 1, that she was pregnant and they weren't married, the Bible says that he was troubled and the, the angel had to say, calm down, Joseph, it's okay. Fear not. And even later in the story, once Jesus had shown up and they take him to the temple to dedicate him in Jerusalem, an old preacher, an old prophet named Simeon, he looks and he blesses the baby, but he looks at his mama Mary and he says, look, you're even going to have a sword in your soul because of the life of this baby. And so it wasn't just peace on earth. It wasn't just silent night over the Christmas, the first Christmas coming. There was a lot of turmoil. But peace had been prophesied. All through the Old Testament, peace had been ordered. It was in the cart. It was on its way. God had clicked the button. The ultimate price was going to be paid, and peace was coming to us. Matter of fact, Zechariah, when he kind of prayed over his baby, John the Baptist, who would be the announcer for Jesus, What did he say that Jesus' life would be? He said in Luke chapter two, because of our God's merciful compassion, the dawn from on high will visit us to shine on those who live in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And in Isaiah, one of the most familiar passages you hear around this season, Isaiah Um, 9, the great prophet there, hundreds of years before Jesus, had written about the coming Messiah. And in chapter 9, he says that familiar phrase, for a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of, say it, Peace, Prince of Peace, And as Jesus showed up, so it had been prophesied, peace was coming, it had been ordered, it's the last package of the advent to be delivered. And when Jesus showed up, there was peace. From his birth all the way till his death on the cross. In Luke chapter two, as the angel came to the shepherds and they were troubled and they were fearful, then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. And even at the end of Jesus' life, as he's riding on that donkey down into the city of Jerusalem to be crucified, the triumphal entry Sunday, three years later, that same phrase that was announced at his birth about peace comes back up. And he came near the path, the Mount of Olives, and the whole crowd of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven, and glory in the highest heaven. So peace was on its way, and now, with Christmas, with the Advent, peace was here. But what is peace? Peace is all around us, peace is at the mall, it's in every song, and commercial, and little jingle, and it's on ugly sweaters, and it's on your Christmas, peace. Really, what is peace? Well, it's an important concept, because in the Bible, in the New Testament, peace begins 18 of the New Testament books. Uh, The authors will start with peace to you or peace, my brothers, or peace and grace to you. 12 of the New Testament books end with the idea of peace. But what is peace? Peace, peace, but there there is no peace. The world talks a lot about it. Politicians talk a lot about peace, but where is it? Well, the New Testament word, the Greek word is Ereine, and it means peace. But the Hebrew word we know, don't we? We use it a lot, even if you're not Jewish. The word in Hebrew for peace is shalom, shalom. And shalom doesn't just mean peace. It's all throughout the Old Testament, but it's not always translated peace. It's used in different ways because it's such a deep and beautiful and amazing word. But shalom actually has two big meanings to it. Shalom, first of all, means to be struggle-free, to cease fire. Do you know right now, as Jonathan even mentioned, there's a, a lot of turmoil around our world. We think of turmoil like uh, places like Peru that we pray for, and, and of course, Ukraine. You know, right now, as we're sitting in here, there are 43 war zones, active war zones on this earth, 43 active wars going on. One of them has been going on since 1948. It has never stopped. They've never stopped killing each other. But peace, first of all, means to be struggle free, to cease fire, to have calm. Now, that's the idea that most people think about when they think about peace, right? I just want calm. I want peace and quiet in the house. And that's beautiful, that's wonderful, but that's not the only part of the the meaning. Uh, That kind of peace is silent night, holy night, not a creature is stirring, right? It's just, ah, calm. But if that's all it is, that's not enough. See, we don't just need some silent night. We need some hark the herald angels sing. We need some hallelujah. We need some the kingdom of our God becomes the kingdom of his Christ and he will reign forever and ever and ever, right? So the first part of the meaning of shalom is to be struggle free. But the second part means, peace means to be whole, to have wholeness, to have healthiness, to be content, to have well-being. It's that whole idea that we want peace on earth, but actually we have P-I-E-C-E. We have pieces on earth because our lives are fractured and shattered. They're not whole. They're not healthy. See, stopping the pain would be like, I just found out this week, I get to have a crown on my tooth. Can you feel my pain? And so peace would be this. Shalom is the full meaning. Well, just give me some medicine to stop the pain. And I went in and I broke my tooth and the, and the dentist gives me a little something. Well, now the pain has stopped. I have shalom. No, I don't yet. I don't have pain. What is still the problem? Do I still have a broken tooth? I still have a broken tooth. I don't have pain. I will eventually. I don't have pain right now standing up here, but I do have a broken tooth. Shalom is taking the pain away and fixing the tooth. Does that make sense? So shalom is the whole picture. And I would say it this way. Shalom, peace is this for you today. Peace for me is this. Stop struggling and let God heal you. Stop the fight and let God heal you. That is what peace, shalom, is. Well, when will there be peace? Peace, peace, but there is no peace. People are asking for peace. They're singing about peace. Well, there is a peace timeline, okay? And there's two days that you need to know about first of all when will peace come tomorrow tomorrow peace will be here and I mean in the eschatological sense in the prophetic sense because the Old Testament tells us that one day one day not yet one day peace will reign on this earth and one day Jesus will come in the clouds and he will eventually come down to this earth and he will defeat the world, the flesh, the devil, he will defeat his enemies and they will be put away and he will set up his kingdom and we will see King Jesus sitting on a throne in Jerusalem and there'll be a new Jerusalem and there will be an incredible life as we roll out into an eternity. Anybody looking for that day, amen? You're looking for that day? Well, you have God's promise, it's coming. It's coming, be patient, be patient. He is coming. Tomorrow there will be peace. And it's written about all throughout the Old Testament, Isaiah and Jeremiah and the prophets. And if you get a little antsy, a little depressed and discouraged at Christmas time, go read the end of Revelation. Read Revelation 22 and just say, thank you, God, that eternal peace is coming. But tomorrow peace is coming eternally, permanently. But today you can also have peace. There's also peace for today. You can have peace in the storms in this lifetime. Now, I'm just going to say this because Jesus is going to say it here in a moment. In this life, tomorrow, there will be no more storms. There will be no more strife. There will be no more wars. But today, you will have storms. You will be in the battle. Do you understand that? None of us are getting out of here unbruised. Nobody. You may have a good day. A good week, a good month, you might actually be in a good year. Enjoy it. Because it's not gonna last, is it? We're gonna go through storms and strife and struggles all through our lives. But the good news is that you can have peace in the middle of your storm. My dad and I used to talk about storms and we'd ask and I'd ask questions, God, why did this happen? You know, and, and I'd say, so dad explained that to me, and we'd look at scripture. And finally, one day he just said, Look, son, there are three sources of storms. Sometimes God sends a storm. You remember the life of Jonah? Sometimes God sends the storm. Sometimes the devil sends the storm. Have you read Job chapter one? And then he looked at me and smiled and said, and son, sometimes there are just storms. Why? Because we live in a broken world. Sometimes God sends it. Sometimes the devil sends it. But a lot of times it's just there because we are living in a sinful, evil world. And I, don't, I mean this as Pastor Jonathan, as we prayed today. Some of you are even in a hospital right now, and I'm not wanting to be insensitive at all, but you know, you may be dealing with a disease or a sickness right now, and it's, it's right to pray, God, why did this happen? God, God, talk to me about this. What is it that I do? And sometimes God will show you a reason or he'll reveal something to you, but honestly, I'm not being insensitive, but a lot of times you just have a disease because we live in a diseased world. And it's not as important when you ask God, why, why? You might as well give up on that word, why. You're not always going to know, right? Here's what God wants to ask you. It's not why the pain, why the, the, the struggling, but it's what. What are you going to do with it, right? What are you going to do with it? Because we're saying, God, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I, I'm not at peace. There's turmoil all around me. What are you going to do? And I, I think we can see our father smiling, saying, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to come to me? So sometimes they're just storms. We've been told this in Scripture in Luke chapter 12, and this sounds like it contradicts Luke chapter 2, but listen to what Jesus, little baby Jesus, the Prince of Peace, right? He's supposed to bring peace on earth. They didn't understand that, yes, he was going to bring peace, permanent peace, but it's going to be later. Jesus in Luke chapter 12 says, do you think that I've come here to bring peace on the earth? You know maybe one of the old shepherds in the background listening going yeah i'm kind of thinking that that's what we saw the angel the big guy say jesus said no no no. i'm going to bring eventual peace but today i'm not bringing a bringing peace he says no i tell you i'm bringing division why because there's already a rebellion against king the king in heaven and jesus has come down to stir things up and do more battle for us He's had to do the fight, and so yes, there's turmoil as people, as as the world and the flesh and the devil fights against Jesus, but he's also promised us this. John chapter 14, at the end of his life, what did Jesus say on this earth? He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled or fearful. Amen? In John chapter 16, a few moments later in that sermon, he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. How do we miss that, right? You will have, oh Lord, take all the suffering away. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. Thank you, Jesus, for that. So we know that one day we will have peace permanently down to the bedrock of our souls. But we know today, even though there's storms and wars around us, we know that we can have peace even this week, this Christmas week. And God wants there to be three peace zones in your life today, I promise you. God wants you to have three zones of peace, cease fire, three war zones, three storm zones that he wants to deliver to you, shalom. Real quick, number one, God wants you to have peace with God. He wants you to have shalom with Him. Stop struggling against God and let Him heal you. That's peace. Peace is ultimately salvation. Jesus was sent to make peace between us and God the Father. Romans chapter five reminds us that peace is not a a package or presence. Peace is not just sitting at the fire. Peace is not calm. Peace is a person. Peace is a person. And if you're trying to find peace in anything else other than the person of Jesus Christ, I promise you, I promise you, it's not gonna work. You might as well send the package back. But peace is a person. In Romans chapter 5, Paul tells us, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And in Colossians chapter 1, where Paul has just said, the Godhead dwelt in Jesus fully. And it says, and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or heaven, or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. We know the story. You hear it here every week. We were rebels against God, against the king, and we deserved punishment. We deserved to be exiled and expelled. But God, the Father, so loved us that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to live on this earth, to come at Christmas time, to live a perfect life, and to willingly, 33 years later, lay down, offer his life up, On the cross dying on the cross the baby in the manger becomes the Savior on the cross and he willingly takes on all of your mess and all of your junk and every dirty thing you looked at this week and every cruel word and every vicious thing I've done and the wars of the world and the pain and the abuse of the world he took it all and he drank it in for six hours and he died When he died, they buried him. God was dead, but God can't stay dead, and God raised himself up. By his own power, Jesus comes up out of that grave, and now the babe in the manger, who was the savior on the cross, now becomes the king on the throne. That's salvation. You need to come to him this week. You need to come to him today. Salvation, but then we need to trust God. We need to trust God because we're Christians in here, a lot of us, right? Most of us. And so we have peace with God judicially. There's salvation. Do you still feel like sometimes you don't have peace with your father, like you're you're having a family fight or you're running away from him a little bit? And then sometimes you're just fearful. Lord, can I even trust you? And we still need peace. Uh, A few months back, you know that uh, we had Pastor Kenneth Bay, a Korean pastor, and he visited with us. And he had been in North Korean hard labor prison camp, isolation for two years. And he came with a few students and was here. And then we, some of our staff, we got to have lunch with him and it was a wonderful lunch. And he was sharing his experiences. And finally I said, Pastor Kenneth, how did you have peace in those two years? How did you have, you you lost hope of ever getting out. How did, did you talk with God? I mean, what did you learn? And he got quiet and he smiled and he said, well, I learned two things. He says, first of all, fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And he smiled, he laughed, he says, I couldn't look at anybody else. They had me in isolation. He says, I would read and pray and worship Jesus every day. He says, I was reading the Bible through three, every three weeks I was reading through the Bible. And then he said something else that just about made me fall out of my chair. He goes, here's something else I learned. He said, when I first got into prison, I was in turmoil and strife and struggles and they were hurting me and I didn't know what was gonna happen. And he said i would pray oh god get me out of here oh god get me out of here oh god get me out of here and he said somewhere in the midst of my trials there i felt god one day ask me why do you want me to get you out of here why do you want me to get you out of here? that seems like a stupid question right but he says why do you what do you really want and kenneth says i began to just relax and say you know what Maybe God wants me here or has me here for right now. And I changed my praying from God, get me out of here, to God, what do you want me to do while I'm in here? And he began to witness and minister to the guards around him. And then he said this statement, and I just said, Thank you, Jesus. He said, You know what? I'm not so quick to get rid of suffering. Suffering is a shortcut to the heart of God. Suffering is a shortcut to the heart of God. And there may be a couple of you out here saying, if that's the truth, I must be standing right beside him because it's been a tough fall or a tough year. So number one, peace with God. Number two, peace with people. God wants you to have shalom with people. Stop struggling against God and people. Stop fighting them. Why is there so much drama in your family? Stop it. And let God heal you. Remember when you're dealing with humans, here's the truth, they're also in the battle. They're also getting shot at. They're also getting hurt. They're also getting abused. They also are disappointed and discouraged, and they're in the war, and the storm is buffeting their little boat just like it is yours. And I'm not, I'm not you know, just doing away or forgiving just bad behavior. I'm not saying they can get away with anything, but they're in the storm, and here's what God wants you to do. God wants you to give to them what he has given to you. If God has given you peace and forgiveness, he wants you to give that gift he wants you to re-gift peace he wants you to re-gift his forgiveness he's given it to you to give it to others so give it to them those of you who are married you know in family life man you need to learn how to have peace with each other my wife and i we have been married for 35 years and we've had to work on peace and we've had to work on forgiveness matter of fact Today is my, right now, is my 35th wedding anniversary today. And I just want to say to my wife, Christine, you are the purest-hearted woman I've ever known, and I love you, and I'm glad I'm married to you. Everybody said, aw. Listen, I I got an ulterior motive. I am trying to maintain peace with my wife right now, okay? Happy 35th anniversary to my wife. It takes that with with marriage. One time at a a former, uh, at a church I used to work at years ago, uh, a couple had come in and they were fighting and and they wanted help and there was no peace in their life and there was turmoil and all kinds of arguments, bad stuff going on. And I found out that he'd been mean to her and she'd been mean to him, but, but now she had committed adultery. She stepped out on him. And I think maybe he had stepped out on her before, but she stepped out this time. And he was mad and he was angry and he was frustrated and they came into my office. I'm not a counselor, I am a pastor, but they came to me and they're in there and the whole time he came in and sat down, folded his arms and looked at me and just was angry and he's tearing up and his face is red. And She's turned to him the whole time, talking to him and trying to plead. I'm so sorry, I was weak. And she's trying to get forgiveness and she's pleading and they go back and forth. And I tried to give him a bunch of stuff and it, I just, my words were getting nowhere. And I just sat there and said, Lord, this, there's never gonna be peace here. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just hit me. I ain't this smart. But all of a sudden, I noticed something. He's looking at me, and she's talking to him. And all of a sudden, I noticed something. He's been here in here this whole time. He has never once looked at her. I don't know why it struck me, but finally, I just interrupted, and he was railing about something. I said, excuse me, sir, I'm going to ask you to do something right now. Would you just stop talking for a moment? He goes, what? I said, I want you to turn right now and look at your wife. He hadn't done it the whole hour. I said, just turn and look at her. He goes, oh, why would I want to look at her? I'm a... I said, just turn and look at her. And I'll never forget this. He goes, All right. And he stopped and he turned and he looked at her. And folks, when his eyes met her eyes, it was one of those God moments. He broke. And he started weeping. And then she started weeping. And they started embracing. And he said, I'm so sorry, I've hurt you. And he said, she goes, Oh, no, I'm sorry. They start going, and I'm crying and I'm standing there going, Well, my work here is done. (laughs) I know it's not, listen, look at me. I know it's not that easy, is it? But just hit him in that moment, God has forgiven me, and I need to forgive her. That's peace with people. We are to be, Matthew 5 says, uh, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Romans 12, if possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And the last one, number three, is this. God wants to bring you peace with yourself. Peace with God, peace with others, but peace with yourself. Some of you, the greatest storm is between you and you. The greatest battle is in your heart and your soul, and you are at war, and you're fighting, and you're depressed, and you're angry, and you're bitter, and you're tumultuous, and God wants there to be peace, shalom, deep down in you. There are storms. I have a lot of friends around the world today. I have a Russian pastor friend who's a dear friend of mine. Boy, the men in his church, they are in turmoil today, and they're praying for peace inside. I have a pastor friend some of you know here in this town, John Dupin, uh, a good friend of mine, And his little grandbaby was born this past week, and she had to have open heart surgery. Would you pray for the Dupin family? I I texted him yesterday, they're up at UVA, and I said, we're gonna be praying for you. He says, we need it. Man, people just need peace inside of themselves. And God's gonna use whatever turmoils, whatever surgeries, whatever bad things have happened, but he can use those to bring peace even deep down in your soul. There's a King Hezekiah in the Old Testament and he had been sick and God had healed him and he'd gone through this time where he thought he was gonna die. But in Isaiah 38, listen to what Hezekiah said. He says, indeed it was for my own peace that I had great bitterness. Like God used the storm, he used the battle, he used the bitterness, the turmoil to actually deliver peace. He says, but you have lovingly delivered my soul from the pit of corruption for you have cast all my sins behind your back. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ to which you are also called in one body rule your hearts and be thankful. And in 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, Paul says, and now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, your soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. Do you have peace today? P-E-A-C-E. Or do you just have pieces, shards of a broken tooth, of a broken life, of a broken marriage, of broken parenting? Are you just, I'm just trying to, ah, I'm working hard and I'm doing a lot of things, trying peace, 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 but there is no peace. Can I get real personal? Some of you this next week and through the holidays, you're gonna eat way too much. You're gonna party way too much. You're gonna be laughing and you're gonna tell a lot of jokes. Some of you are gonna drink way too much. You're gonna buy too much, and you're gonna get more and more, and you're just desperate. Some of you are gonna fight too much. You're gonna fight with relatives at the table. There's gonna be drama. Some of you are gonna log on, and you're gonna sin too much. You're gonna look at a lot of porn. You're just desperate. Why do we do these things? Why do we do that? Because as much as we get, we're still empty. There is not peace. There's not shalom. But this is what God says to you. What kind of present, what are you going to get for Christmas? 2 Thessalonians 3. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. And may the Lord be with all of you. Folks, God wants to give you shalom. He wants to give you peace, but you've got to stop fighting against him, and you have to let him heal you. Years ago, my daughter, we were over in Roanoke. It was... Uh, July 4th and there was a celebration going on and uh, the orchestra over there was playing John Philip Sousa music and all this kind of American music and they were sitting in the stadium and my daughter Carissa was a little bit that time and she's like kids, they get bored with the music and she's running around on the grandstands up and down, up and down and all that. I'm saying, get over here, sit down, come here, just calm down. She's all over the place, hey, I want to go home, I don't like this, she's going back for us. I said, we're sitting here because there's fireworks, right? I got a good parking spot, we're not leaving. And she wouldn't come, and she's bored, and she's all over the place. And finally, finally, all of a sudden, they hit the, that last note of, that, of the, the 18 you know, War of 1812 Overture. And all of a sudden, the first firework goes off. And she's fine, and when it explodes, I wish I had a picture of her face. And all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. And the sky is exploding and everything. And she had been over on the other side of the bleachers. And she was like Jesus walking on the water. She just ran on air. And she dove into my lap. And she started yelling at me, get me out of here. And she was afraid. Get me out of here. I said, we're not leaving. My car's in the parking lot. We're not getting anywhere. She goes, I'm scared. I want to go home. She, just, she kept yelling and, yelling and yelling. And finally, finally, I just said, we're not leaving. And I, she took her, her hands. And she grabbed my hands and she put my hands up against her ears, right? She closed her eyes. And then she took her little hands and put them on my big hands. And our four hands were holding her ears. And she laid down in my lap. And she had her kind of her face in my stomach. And, and as it kept going, as, as there was more silence and muffled sounds, all of a sudden she, she looked up and then she started turning around. And then she laid down in my lap. And she kicked her feet out. All four hands are still on her ear. She's watching the fireworks, and all of a sudden she starts smiling and laughing and enjoying it. And my wife laughed, she, told me, she reminded me again last night. And all of a sudden she's just laying there and she's yelling and she's going, wow, my life is wonderful. <laughs> you need to crawl up in your father's lap. And you need to grab your little hands, grab his big hands. And put them on your ears. And I know the explosions are going on. And I know there's turmoil in your life, folks. But your father wants to give you shalom. He wants to give you peace. And that's what this church is always about. And so today, it's a real simple invitation from your father. I want to have peace with you. And I want you to have peace with each other. I know it's hard, but I want you to have peace. But I really, really want you to have peace in your heart, in your soul, in your bones. I want to heal you and make you whole. So sir, why are you fighting against God today? Ma'am, why are you fighting against him? Stop fighting against that baby in the manger. Stop fighting against that savior on the cross. Stop fighting that king on the throne and just let him give you shalom so that you can lay back and say, ah, storms go on. Explosions, that's fine. My life is wonderful because of my God. Let's stand together. And as you stand, I wanna pray over us. And as always at every service here if you need to come today with your heads bowed and eyes closed if you need to come forward and pray i mean this some of you need to come down here it is time to ask god for peace it is time to stop fighting him as a couple as a mom as a dad your addictions. It is time to stop. Come talk with our team. And if you just need to come today and pray for other members of your family that you know there is no peace, praise God there is peace today available. Father, thank you so much for your love. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for us, offering us salvation. Today, even right now, in this moment. Thank you for thank you, Holy Spirit, for living in our lives and being there to keep us calm and to bring healing. And God, we pray that that there would be peace, certainly, peace on earth. God, help there to be peace in our nation, peace in our state, peace in our community. God, I pray peace in this church. We pray peace for our families. But God, give us peace in each of our individual hearts today. We will do whatever you ask us to do this week. Thank you, God, for your deep love for us. We love you, Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. If you need prayer, come on forward here. Talk to people. But Merry Christmas, and we will see you this next week. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us today here at Thomas Road. If you prayed to receive Christ, we would really like to hear from you. If you'd like to know more of what it means to be a Christ follower, then let us hear from you. There's no better time than right now during this Christmas season to receive God's gift to you. That is his son, Jesus. Our mission here at Thomas Road is to develop Christ followers who love God and love people. If you would like to join us in fulfilling that mission by giving to our ministry, you can go to the link on your screen and make a contribution to our ministry. Help us help others as we extend the truth of God's love in this life-changing message. God bless you, and Merry Christmas.